0: welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of pastor immanuel iren lead pastor of celebration church international it is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith ready set grow and you don't really have to wait too long to know what happened at the end just flip from 17 of genesis once you get to 21, he's already a dad. So you're like, uh-uh. Why are they not calling him father of faith? He only had to wait like four chapters. Because the way the Bible tells stories is, it summarizes the story. So that something that happened in 25 years, 9,125 days, 219 hours at least, is what? Four chapters. And you can read it in 15 minutes. You have to understand, you've not been in this service for an hour. And somebody waited for the promise of God for hmm, 219,000 hours. At least. When the Bible tells us stories, many times it uses a flashback mechanism. Like it says, oh, there was this woman. Matthew 9, let me show that to you. Matthew 9 from verse 20. Just then, a woman, this is the first time we're hearing about how, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Flashback. For she had said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. So this is the first time we're meeting this woman, but this is not the first time she's existing. This is not the first time she's having this particular issue. This is not the first time she's believing that if she does something, there's going to be a corresponding result. Bible tells us say also says that this same woman went from doctor to doctor after doctor looking for healing, spent all her money. So every time she brought money out of her pocket, she would say to herself in the house, when I go and I give this doctor this money, he's going to give me a treatment. I'm going to be healed. There's a process many times. And the beautiful thing about scriptures is that while it will tell you in a few sentences what happened, God can identify with your waiting process. God understands that you need to be encouraged while waiting for a healing. The reason why we are teaching you this, where is God in my pain, is not because we want to console you in case you don't get healed. It's because we know for sure that you will be healed. And so in the meantime, we want to un- help you understand that while you are waiting, while every day you get out and you say, this is the day, if I do this, if I believe today, if I stretch again. In the meantime, God is here with you. Strengthening you through your pain. Praise the name of you. She went out again the next day. The day she finally finds Jesus, he's going somewhere else. She could have missed him. But we look at this woman and we realize that she would have gone again. It's a miracle that she believed. At this point, she's been born before. This is not her first time, but she keeps showing up. Praise the name of Jesus. And so many times we see stories in reverse. But the beautiful thing is that God is not limited by time. Where is God in my pain? God was at the beginning, sending Jesus ahead of time. God is present with you when you cry. God is at the end, seeing the end from the beginning and knowing for sure that your victory is sure. Praise the name of Jesus. And so when we see the man at the beautiful gate, we hear that he's been lame from birth in Acts chapter 3. But that's not where his story is starting. He's called a man that has been lame from birth, not even a child. He's waited a while. The lame man at the pool of Bethsaida waited 38 years. There's a blind man whom Jesus healed in John 9... That was blind from birth. And Romans 15 from verse 4 tells us that for whatever things were written before, were written for our learning. That we through the patience and comfort of scriptures might have hope. Patience and comfort of scriptures, hope. Because if Abraham and Sarah did not wait 25 years, how would we encourage those who are waiting now? And if that person who was blind from birth did not receive his eyesight, how would we encourage those who are sick now? If this woman didn't wait for so long, somebody else will wait for two years and say, "Ah, I don't think God can heal anymore. That through the patience and comfort of scriptures, you might have hope. So the word of God is God's comfort to you. It's not just comfort to manage the pain because that's God's will. I'm going to explain. It's not God's will for you to be sick. But it's comfort so that even though your miracle has not yet arrived, you're experiencing a miracle every day. Some of you have been through stuff that if they told you, you would go to this and you survive, you say it's a lie. And then miracle of all miracles, in quotes, it happened. And you didn't die. And you cried for a while. But you woke up the next day and you still believed. You woke up the day after that and you came up stronger. And a week later, a month later, a year later, you started encouraging other people. That's also a miracle. That through the patience and comfort of scriptures, we might have hope. Praise the name of Jesus. So when you come into a service like this, that's God's love for you in action. He wants you to have hope through the patience and comfort of scriptures. This service is for you. Maybe you've dealt with the loss of a loved one. You've been trusting God for something or for someone. This service is for you. There's hope for you. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. the blind man in John 9 from verse 25 all his life had been defined by, by blindness. And the people are asking him, so how did Jesus heal you? How did... And he says, one thing I know, I was blind, now I can see. That will be your testimony. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. So what, uh, when we say, where is God in my pain? I want to mention a number of points. And the first is that God does not cause pain. God does not cause sickness. God does not cause sickness. James 1 from verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In other words, God is not a double agent. God is not Katalina Rastova. I said it. Everybody has abandoned. Blacklist for Money Heist. <laughs> the true Money Heist fans, that's we, are never watching black. Ah, God. The true, oh God. I'm not saying but ready to forgive me, but that one is a sinner. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is not the person that is acting drama, that there are not many people in drama groups, so you will go to the back, wear devil costume, come out. After acting devil, you will go to the back. We are white, come out. There is no variableness or shadow of turning with God. God is good. God does not use sickness to teach you a lesson. He's not using sickness to test your faith or the faith of your loved ones. This is important because how do you trust a God who caused sickness for your healing? Who will he be fighting against? When they told Jesus, you are casting out devils in the name of Beelzebub, he said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. How do I cause this thing? And I now come back and say, okay, I have the cure. It is not Nigerian fame. Praise the Lord. But there are questions to be answered. Like the man Job believed that God caused him to be sick. Job 19 from verse 21. You know, there are some verses of scripture you read... You don't want to misunderstand God. So you just skip past it. Fast, fast. Your brain will be telling you, so you'll be like, hey, I did not see it. You guys know now. You have them like five. But you even want to pretend that you don't have them. Praise the Lord. There's no variableness or shadow of turning with God. It doesn't have any hidden agenda to hurt you. Job's speaking, he says, Have pity on me, have pity on me, O you, my friends, for the hand of the Lord has struck me. And he's angry with them because he told him something he didn't want to hear. He says, Why do you persecute me as God does? Are you not satisfied with my flesh? Know then that God has wronged me. You need to understand that the book of Job is probably the oldest book in the Bible. And so at the time Job was written, and most of the Old Testament as well, there was very little understanding or revelation of the devil. I know it sounds weird, revelation of the devil. Very little. So everything that happened, they ascribed it to God. If it was a supernatural thing, the being they knew was God. But in the New Testament, we see the perfect image of God in who? Jesus Christ. How many people did Jesus cause to be sick? Even when they wanted to pass through somewhere and the disciples said, ah, we have to go and fire and brimstone. Jesus was like, you don't even know the spirit that you have. That's not him. So every supernatural thing in the Old Testament more often than not because they did not understand that there was a devil was ascribed to God. It still happens today. When there is a tornado or a tsunami or a natural disaster and they say it's an act of God. It doesn't mean that God cursed it. Do you get that? And so Job says, oh, God has wronged me so much. In the case of Saul, Saul has an evil spirit. And they said, oh, an evil spirit from the Lord is upon Saul. God is not in a place where he has demon spirits and angels. In the first hostel, angels. Second hostel, Demons. Then time for dining, they'll eat together on two different sides of the table. No! Praise the name of Jesus. Your God is good. And there is no evil in him. So God is not a double agent. So that when it's time for you to enforce your healing, when you are waiting for a miracle, you don't start having a double mind. You're not tossed to and fro. Praise the name of Jesus. What about Paul's stun in the flesh? You guys must have heard about it. Some people say that God gave Paul an illness so that he would not be too proud. And whenever I prayed for God to heal him, God would say, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so God, God is making me sick. No. Remember that every time, I'm just going to chip this in real quick. Every time... It was said that an illness was going to be to the glory of God. What happened? The person got healed or they got raised. So even your theology that God is using it to teach me something daily. No. Can you learn from bad experiences? Yes. Does it mean that God caused them? No. Praise the name of Jesus. So Paul is speaking here. He says, or oh, because of these surpassing great revelations, so to keep me from being conceited, I don't want to deal with that part Now I'll talk about the other part. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of who? I want you to look at it. A messenger of who? A messenger of Satan to torment me. Was he a messenger from God? Or was he a messenger from God, Satan's branch? It was from the devil. That's the first thing I needed to understand. And then in verse 8 and 9, he says, he pleaded with the Lord to take it away. God says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And in verse 10, he says, That is why, for the sake of Christ, I delight in what? I need verse 10. Middleton, please walk with me. I delight in what? Some say weaknesses, which is more correct. The next one, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. So here, Paul is talking about persecution, distresses. And remember that time and time again, he talked about how he was in prison and out of prison. And that's not a surprise because the Bible tells us time and time again that persecution is our lot in Christ, right? So every believer in one way or the other will suffer for the sake of Christ. But when the Bible talks about Paul's turning in the flesh, it's not sickness, number one. And number two, God did not cause it. Praise the name of Jesus. God and the devil are not on the same side. The true nature of God is expressed in Jesus. The Bible says that everywhere he went, even in places that he just went to chill, like that wedding at Cana, he was doing what's Good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Who else has God with them? You. So the nature of God is expressed in the fact that he gave you his Holy Ghost. And the ability and the power to heal the sick. God is not a house divided against himself. God does not cause sickness. So why then is there evil? Short answer, the falling nature of man. From the moment Adam sinned, God told him, he said, if you eat this thing, you would die. And if you've ever played 5D games and you tried shooting a dragon, you realize that you shoot a dragon, the dragon will not die once. You shoot him like five times, he will not start staggering. Small, small. Because this is a man made in the image and likeness of God. So, what happens is, his body doesn't die immediately. Haven't you ever wondered that people in the Old Testament lived for so long? 969 years. They are doing birthday, which may tell her a ton. to birth years. Because man started deteriorating. And so, as time went by, lifespan began to reduce. Why? Sin. Sin entered into the world by one man and death by sin. And it wasn't just the human, it wasn't just man. Nature. Things began to go haywire. But guess what? The same way sin came into the world by one man, eternal life has come by one man, Jesus. And so God is, this, God is the solution, not the problem. You want to see an act of God? Come to eternity. That's an act of God. You want to see an act of God? Do you know what it means? That there's a spirit that lives in you that will resurrect you after you die. That's an act of God. So God has an ultimate plan. That the time will come. Where there will be no tears, no sickness, no death. So if you wear makeup in heaven, it will not clean because you are not sweating. You are not crying. Ha! What's me? I can't wait for is just to be eaten and not to get fat. <laughs> Nobody. <New> <laughs> Haters will say there is no food in heaven. Are you savvy? Think about that. That's God's plan. That's, nobody will do Shakara for us. I'm a doctor. We are not needed here. Not needed. A time will come when we will not need to swallow meds. Hey, Jesus. God is wonderful. Oh? No injection, no sanitizer, no mask, nothing. What a joy. That's God's plan. That's God's plan. That's God's ultimate plan. Death has no sting. Pain is temporary. I told you first of all that God does not cause it, right? I want you to remember that. Now I'm telling you that pain is temporary. Ask any mother. Okay, we want to make sure that you don't go through pain of labor. Just give us your child. Who will agree? Nobody. So even though in this our mortal bodies we are groaning and waiting to take on our new bodies we understand that in this time every pain we go through is temporary the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us when Jesus comes we are all going to check out may I shock you squid game or not nobody is going to get out of here alive nobody out of this world alive. Except you are there when Jesus comes. We are all going to sleep one day. We have a greater hope. Some people are still thinking that when you say get out of here, is it like podium? No, not podium. I just saw a release of carbon, is it dioxide? people just started breathing now. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. We pick healing when we come together. That's what we pick. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't Don't Thank you, Daddy. Questions answered. Doubts dissolved. There is a newness, a freshness. Thank you, Jesus. Where is God in my pain? God is present to comfort and encourage. God is what? Present. He is. He is. You thought that that thing would be the end of you. And you now realize that you are stronger as a result. That's a miracle. Stronger. Stronger in your faith. Stronger as regards fellowship. Stronger in your decisions. Strong enough to help other people. That's a miracle. Where is God in your pain? God is present. You know, the church was being persecuted, the early church. And they were were miracles. Paul and Silas prayed. Everywhere shook. They were delivered. There was a time they beat beat Paul and left him for dead. Let me not use Paul now because of what I want to say next. But Peter was beheaded. So they were seeing miracles. But they were also going through a lot of pain. And they were wondering, where is Jesus? Where is God? And then a man named Saul of Tarsus... He's traveling to do more havoc and he meets this Jesus. And he asks him, who are you, Lord? And he doesn't say, I'm Jesus, you're persecuting my people. He says, I am Jesus whom you persecute. In other words, when they were being beheaded, I was feeling it. When people were crying, we just lost this person, I was experiencing it too. He's not untouched. He's not far removed. He's there with you. When you were crying on your pillow, he was there. When you said, I'm not even coming to church again. Let nobody talk to me. Guess what? There is a reason why you are here this morning. Why you tuned in. Because he was there. When you wondered, how am I going to get through this year? He put it in the heart of our lead pastor who you may never have spoken to before and he said, this is what Sunday service will be. Where is God in my pain? He's there. He's there with you. You're not alone. Hebrews 4 from verse 15 says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. That's so powerful. But One who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. tempted in every respect. Jesus lost a friend, Lazarus. Jesus knows what what it means to be betrayed by those you love. He understands. He sympathizes. The reason why you have scripture, why you have a church family is for comfort. Paul is writing in 1 Thessalonians 4 from verse 17. He says, after that, we who are alive and remain will be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So first of all, he says the dead in Christ will rise first. And then after that, we also are going to meet the Lord. So we will always be with the Lord. And I love verse 18. It says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. So, of course, I'm writing to explain resurrection to you. But there is also another assignment I have here. Comfort. The purpose of this great teaching throughout 1 Thessalonians 4 about resurrection is for your comfort. Comfort one another with these words. I know you are crying, but don't worry, That is coming. That is coming for you. Comfort. Comfort. You know, sometimes when you look at people's social media, one of my friends was trying to convince me that every day I dress up and I go to the office in my house. He said, You always dress up to the office. I said, no. She said, but I've seen your videos. You always dress up. I said, no. I only did the videos on the days I dress up once a week. She said, eh. She was sure. Because we don't see, we only see what people go through in reels and videos. One of the most horrible weeks of our lives, one year like this. That week. We had been robbed, our health had been attacked, we lost money. It was just a crazy week. And then of course, you show up and you miss her because God is always good. And then in that week, someone calls pastor and says, help me ask God what I did or something like that. There were two cases. There was one she, whether she had not done NYSC and she didn't have a job. Another friend's had a job. So the pastor was like, if you get a job now, you can't resume. She said, No. Another one just snapped. He scratched his car small like this. Snap it and send to Pastor. Say, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, like if I slap you from inside this phone, <laughs> God is there with you. You know, every time the devil thinks he's using something for evil. God turns it around for good. Concerning the salvation plan, he said if they knew, they would not have crucified the king of glory. They thought we would kill him, then he will die. Their own end is different from the end that God was seeing. How do you kill the resurrection and the life? How? See, uh, you need to understand that you serve a God of the big picture. Lazarus' sister told him, that said, if you were here, he would not have died. It was like, you don't understand. For you, death is the end. For me, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning for him. That pain will not be the end of you. I'm going to say it again. That pain will not be the end of you. Praise the name of Jesus. Ah, Thank you, Father. Glory <clears throat> be to God. Jesus shows up at Lazarus' tomb, and he weeps. And people, of course, when people want to say mean things, they always start with the nice ones. So they're like, "Oh, see how he loved him." John eleven from verse thirty five. I'm really, I'm on thirty six now. See how he loved him, because he wept. He wept. He wasn't trying to form. Oh, now it's time for me to act. He felt it. He was troubled in his spirit. That's how he is when you are going through stuff. You're not alone. Another saying, see how he loved him. Some of them now asked. You know them now. Internet trolls with fake accounts. Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept Lazarus from dying? Shabi, you say he loved him. And he has power. Couldn't he have kept him from dying? Some of you. That was what's attacking your faith now as I'm talking to you. The church. I'm faithful. I love the Lord with all my heart. Couldn't God, who raised Lazarus from the dead, do this for my father or for my sister or for my brother? Couldn't he? I needed to understand something. I know that you've had battles, you fought battles in the past. What you have lost is nothing compared to the battles that are ahead of you. So if you give up now, you lost a loved one, you are giving up now. You didn't stand in faith. Or rather, you stood in faith for so long before that person died. And so at this point, you trust God for salvation, but you don't trust Him for healing, no. Nobody should come near that. Guess what? Guess what? You might have lost someone before, but there are still people in your life that you have to stand in faith for now. If you lose faith because you lost a father, what's going to happen when you stand in faith for your child? The battles that are ahead of you are more than those that are behind you. And every time you have an injury in your arm or a scratch, it's building you. To better face what's in front of you. What's ahead of you. God is with you, comforting you in your pain. And he's not comforting you because he just wants to be sentimental. He's comforting you because a time will come when you will get up and need to fight again. And then you will win. Don't give up. I know it sounds like a cliché, but it's the word of God to you today. For the little things, we don't give up as easily. I remember my sister, today's her birthday, my elder sister, failing math when she was about to write Common Entrance. So my parents got her a lesson teacher, and he began to teach her math in Shetan secondary School, and by the time she was in SS1, SS1 to SS3, she came first got an A in mass. Entered school, studied accounting, Somebody used to fail mass. Had a fair, fair, um, five points. I can't even pronounce it because I never had it. <laughs> I know fail. I did well in school, but no, there are just some siblings that <laughs> like ah. like, ah, do, you had first class. Wow, what about that? Do? He's doing ministry. At least there yeah, is something to use to be proud of someone. I <laughs> actually did very well in school. I don't know. Um, just trying to relate with people that... <laughs> but imagine if they gave up that, ah, she does not understand primary school maths. How is she going to understand accounting math? It doesn't even make sense. He said, oh, I believed for this thing. It didn't happen. How can I believe for something bigger? You will believe. You know, there's a church member we have in the Abuja church. Beautiful daughter of God. Had a very difficult year. I think two years ago last year. 2020 last year. Lost two of her siblings. And then on this particular day, I wake up from sleep. I see pastor quiet... Pastoring is a very, very emotional job because you can be doing naming ceremony one moment and the next moment, you're commiserating with someone that lost someone. Can do wedding and do counseling for your marriage that's about to end next. And you know pastor now, he loves you guys. So I come and meet him. I say, what happened? He said, this girl, this same girl that just lost two loved ones, they said her mom is dead. You have to understand Pastor and I have gone to, not Symmetry, the other one, Mog, To pray for someone to come back. She didn't come back. The next week we went for service of songs. And now we're in a situation where this church member who just lost two loved ones has lost her mom. So we pray about it. I think it's that... We prayed about it. It wasn't one of those prayers we prayed at the mortuary, but it was a simple prayer. And then we called church members in Abuja. This girl just lost her mom. Please go and see her. And a few minutes later, this lady calls and said, Pastor, mommy sneezed. Mommy sneezed. As I'm talking to you, her mommy is alive today. I don't care what you have believed before. It's not enough to form the basis of your conviction. Many people had died before Lazarus. Many. But this man is dead for four days and rises again. Praise the name of the Lord. Where is God in your pain? God is there to comfort you. I've already entered my next point, but I want to finish this up first. He's there to comfort you. 2 Corinthians 1 from verse 3 is so beautiful. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. But now, Paul wants to give us another angle. He says, The God of compassion and all Comfort. I know you serve a mighty God. You also serve a God of all comfort. Who comforts us in our troubles? Ah, there's someone right here. The comfort of God is enveloping you. Right now like never before. You feel this presence strong on you. So that we can comfort those in any trouble. That's already a good sentence, but he wants to make it sweeter. He says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comforts we ourselves have received from God. You can hold somebody's hand who's lost someone and say, I know what you are going through, but you'll be stronger. How do I know I've been there? The same way the example of those in scriptures encourages us. Your own life can be a source of comfort to someone. That someone might be, on the, uh, uh, um, might be depressed, on the verge of suicide. And you can say, see, I have scars. You can show the person and say, there was a time me too. I almost did what you're about to do. But God, the God of all comforts. So, He didn't cause your pain, but can He use it for, your, for His glory? Yes. For His glory and for your good. God will use you to bind up the brokenhearted. He will. You will comfort others with the same comfort you have received. Sometimes, Someone is preaching, and people cannot relate because they're like, You haven't been through what I've been through. You haven't been through what I've been through. The devil thought your pain was for fun. He didn't know that because of what you went through, other people will be delivered. He didn't know that because of what you went through, other people will be strengthened. With the same comfort you've received, you can comfort others. You can relate. Praise the name of Jesus. <laughs> Someone has lost a marriage and they show up in front of you and say, I want to end my life. And you say, ah, me too, I've been there. Someone has lost a relationship and they show up and you say, "Ah, if it's that one, don't bother yourself. The God of all comforts. Comforts you, but he doesn't stop there. He makes sure that you have the opportunity to comfort others with the same thing. Glory be to God. Where is God in my pain? God is present to heal. I've said it that God has an ultimate plan. But in the meantime, he is present to heal. We are not having... This service or this teaching theme on the last Sunday, so in case you're not healed, you just know that, oh, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't happen. How do you know God loves you? He sent his son Jesus to die, right? He has an ultimate plan. Beautiful. He doesn't cause sickness. Beautiful. He is present to heal. So that woman with the issue of blood will show up every day and say, today is the day. Perhaps she did it in year six. Saying today is the day. Abraham and Sarah were old. 90, 100, or somewhere close. And every day, Abraham looked at Sarah and said, Today is the day. And Sarah was like, Oh, you're so nutty. God. <laughs> anyway praise the name of Jesus. I was getting where that will be in Abraham's bosom or heaven Well, My sinship is in heaven, so Abraham will not be angry. To show up every day. Some people will never see that scripture the same. (laughs) Hallelujah. God is present to heal. You don't lack faith because you've been waiting long. You don't to believe every single day. Is yes, now we know that it was in the twenty fifth year for Abraham and Sarah. Is now we know that it was in the twelfth year for the woman with the issue of blood. Is now we know that it was after four days that Lazarus was going to wake up. Can you trust the one who sees the end from the beginning? So that even in situations where you don't have the perfect timetable, there are things you know for sure. That God is good. That God can heal. That God can heal through you. Where is God in your pain? God is present to heal. So even though our faith in God is not based on miracles, we are going to keep believing Him for miracles until we receive the miracle of a new body. God is present to heal. Don't lose your faith. You are going to need it. You will need it. Oh. Imagine if after the disciples could not heal that boy with the demon spirit. And I say, oh my God, we have disappointed Jesus. He can't use us again. Jesus, just use us to be writing scriptures. We don't want to try and heal again. We okay, I wouldn't be doing, don't, don't, don't bring healing. Let's share food. Let's have meetings. Let's preach. Just move this healing. But it must have been embarrassing for them because that woman actually had a sharp mouth. You came for Jesus to heal somebody. Can you just say, "My son is sick. Heal him." No, your disciples could not heal him. Oh, now wow. That's how some people cause problems in organizations. What's they kept showing up when Jesus sent them out in the 70s. They went out, came back. They said, Demons are subject to us in your name. That, that first IT we did, that one was just realized. Now they are subjects. You are going to need it. You still have your whole life ahead of you and your whole walk of faith ahead of you. If you give up because you failed before, what's going to happen to your future and to the future of your loved ones? You are going to need it. You are going to need it. So keep the faith. Don't just take that as an aspire to perspire quotes. No, keep the faith. When you hear miracles, let it still grab you. When you hear testimonies, let it still grab you. I know the there was time it was grabbing you. And you tried your own and it did not work. And it's like, God, let's just have syllabus. Elective course, healing. Compulsory course, soteriology. No! You must learn everything, you will walk in all of them. Because many of us, all of us have been called into ministry. So it's not just for yourself or for your loved ones. It's for this dying world that needs the power that you carry. Don't give up. God is present to heal in your pain. Where is God in my pain? God will use your pain for his glory. God will use your pain for his glory. Jesus is out with the disciples and they hear that Lazarus is sick. And Jesus hears this in John 11 from verse 4. And he says, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man might be glorified through it. Jesus is seeing the big picture. The disciples are not even seeing any picture at all. They don't know what's going on. Mary and Martha are seeing a dying brother and a God who who they've been serving and opened up their house to and giving ointments and giving food. They're seeing that God is not present. But Jesus is seeing something. He's seeing glory. You serve a God that's not limited by time. He's seen glory. And so in verse 12, Jesus has told the disciples in earlier verses that Lazarus is sleeping. Let's go and wake him up. They're like, ah, Jesus, no. It's like you fasted for too long. If he's sleeping, he's going to get better. He's going to wake up. And Jesus told them in verse 14, he says, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake... For Lazarus' sisters, it has nothing to do with the disciples. It has nothing to do with scriptures. It has nothing to do with the people that will be learning about it years to come. But Jesus says, for your sake, I'm glad I was not there. Wow. For the sake of the disciples, I'm glad that I was not there. Because if he's not dead, how can you see me raise up somebody from the dead after four days? Someone has to die for it to happen. For your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Some of you are facing challenges now. It will turn out for the glory of God for your sake. I thought I would hear a bigger amen. Amen. So when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he's pointing to a greater resurrection because a man who can raise a man from the dead physically can definitely give eternal life. So these things might be happening as pockets of happenings in your life. But on the grand scale of things, they are for the glory of God. They are for the glory of God. Joseph may not have understood Must have been in prison for so long. Wondering, what about my dream? What about the words of prophecy? What about all the things that God said? But if he came out of prison earlier, there will be no dream for him to interpret. There will be no famine for him to avert. There will be no palace for him. There will be no salvation for Israel or for Egypt. It's turning out for your good. And it's turning out for the glory of God. Hmm. So he tells his brothers, he says, As for you, Genesis 50 from verse 20. What you intended against me for evil, God intended for good. It might look like it's it's happening for evil. God intended it for good. In John 9 from verse 1. Jesus sees a blind man. And you know some people just like to blame. Once there's somebody that is sick, so what happened? What did your grandfather do? What did you do? What did you eat? The last person I know that had this thing, they did this thing. What did you do? Eh? And so they said, who sinned? This man or his parents? They were even giving, not even open-ended question, OBJ. A, him, B, his parents. Not even like none of the above. Say, is it him or his parents? And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God will be displayed in him. (laughs) The devil thought it was for his work. It's going to turn out such that the works of God will be displayed in your life. Your pain will turn around for God's glory. It will. It will. So many times we see God declaring the end from the beginning because He knows how it's all going to turn out. All things work together for good for them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Comfort yourself with these words for your good and for His glory. Rise to your feet. And I want you to lift up your hands and give God thanks and praise. And say, Father, I'm strengthened in faith. Because I know that all these work together for my good and for your glory. Can you pray this morning like it counts? And say, Father, I'm strengthened. Regardless of what I'm going through or I've gone through. I know that all these work together for my good. And for your glory. For my good and for your glory, my heart is encouraged. Like David, I encourage myself in the Lord. I know that I serve a God of miracles. Therefore, I live a life of miracles. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Lamb unto our feet, light to our part. We will never deviate from your word. We condition our experiences to be consistent with your word. And not your word to be consistent with our experiences. We insist on your word. And like Abraham, we stagger not at your promises. We stagger not. The faith that is in us will stand the test of time. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, I prophesy that everyone here, till our last breath, we would have been warring with your word. In the mighty name of Jesus. We are writing our own faith stories for the generations coming.